the League of Women Voters of Dane County, and Madison City Channel present Know Your Candidates. Hello and welcome. This is Madison City Channel 12's Know Your Candidates programs co-sponsored by the Dane County League of Women Voters. And I'm Melanie Ramey and I will be your hostess for this segment. We're very pleased to have the two candidates uh, with us for District 13. And District 13 is really in sort of the south central part of Madison and uh, there is no incumbent uh, for this race. And so we now uh, will move to introducing you to the two candidates. Uh, to my immediate left is Sue Ellingson and next to her is uh, Thomas Mertz. And so we're going to begin by asking the candidates to tell us what in their background, their education, their civic uh, uh, interests, their involvement in the community, that they think qualifies them for the seat and also um, why they think that you should vote for them. So we're going to begin first with Mr. Mertz. Um, I want to start out by saying that uh, these are difficult times we're facing in Madison. Our city's under attack, our values are under attack, um, and that this is not time for politics as usual. My background, I think, prepares me um, to be an effective voice for the things that Madison cares about in, this, in, the, in these difficult times. I have um, many years of experience, both locally and statewide, working, for the, um, working to provide opportunities for people, to bring people into government, and to um, address inequality and on smart public budgeting. In these times when um, we're looking at serious attacks on the public sector, uh, I'm an experienced voice who've worked with people statewide protecting uh, public, the public sector and public workers unions with, through the Wisconsin Alliance for Excellence Schools and other organizations. Um, I've worked on budgets, both state and locally, and bring that experience to the table. And um, we're looking at something like $544 million in shared revenue cuts statewide in the, in the budget that will be released Tuesday by the state. We're also looking at uh, zero percent property growth, which means that we need people who know how to do budgets and people who protect the priorities of our community. Um, finally, um, I'd say that this experience this last week with the, uh, the governor's so-called budget repair bill and the protests and rallies that have, that have come about um, show how people have been excluded from governing processes. And I've devoted myself to bringing more people in. And um, both in a structural and a cultural way, I think there's big changes that need to be done, not only at the state level, but also locally along those lines. And um, that's why I think people should vote for me. Okay, and Ms. Ellingson? Um, I, I wanna thank you and uh, the League of Women Voters for uh, hosting this, um, this forum today. Um, I have been in Madison for 11 years. Uh, I worked as an environmental advocate for watershed protection issues mostly, and in 2004 I was fed up with what the Republicans were doing. They could uh, wipe away all my gains with the stroke of a pen. So at the age of 52, six years ago, I took up politics with no experience uh, whatsoever. And in that time I have worked hard to uh, win elections for progressive leaders. Um, I have um, worked on campaigns from county board to state assembly, to city council, uh, Kathleen Falk, Barack Obama, um, and, um, and my six years of experience 
in working with these candidates and showing hard work and commitment has uh, resulted in the fact that I have gotten the endorsements of every city, county, and um, state elected official who represents our district. Um, it's a time when we will need to work together. Uh, we need to have connections with each other at, at, at these local levels where we share so many values that are under attack from the state. <coughs> um, so I also have shown uh, hard work and commitment in reaching out to voters. I have knocked on my uh, voters' doors twice, 2,000 doors, uh, by the primary. Um, I hope to do it again, although, of course, the very uh, troublesome state budget uh, process and, and our need to uh, stand with the people who have stood with us is going to make, make it difficult. But um, uh, so I have reached out to voters and uh, they've responded. I, I got 67% of the vote in the primary and um, I will continue to work hard. I will continue to reach out to voters and make sure that they are heard and represented at the state, at the, uh, sorry, at the city level um, if I'm elected in April. Okay. Um, I'm described your district uh, sort of in the south central uh, part of Madison. And uh, the next question is, what do you think are the most important issues that are of concern in the district? And I guess, Ms. Ellingson, you get to go first this okay. time. Well, um, I think the two most important issues, the, the most important issue right now is going to be uh, dealing with the state and the cuts that are certainly going to come from the state. Uh, we have to do our best to support our state elected representatives to make sure that they can fight uh, as much as they can to stop uh, the budget as it's written now. Uh, and we have to stand by the people in, in uh, the unions who have done so much work. Uh, we have not had labor strife here, but we're going to. Um, so, so dealing with that, uh, I think that in the city, um, the important issues are going to be basic services. Um, if, we, if we have a lot of cuts, basic services. Uh, making sure that community support is there so people who are in poverty. And uh, long term, I guess we need to try to grow the tax base, but it's, uh, it's, it's not a, an immediate solution. And, and uh, immediate, an immediate problem in addition to the state is poverty. Um, I have uh, met with a number of people about what we can do uh, about poverty. Uh, it includes a few no-brainer no answers, which includes having stakeholder meetings that include city and county and uh, maybe state representatives as well to make sure that uh, things don't drop through the cracks. Okay. Mr. Mertz, what do you think are the most important issues in your district? Um, I think the, well, I have to agree with Sue on, on that, this, that the budget is going to be the most important issue for the entire city of Madison, including our district. Um, and in terms of preserving basic services, but going beyond basic services and working to create opportunities for people, um, Bram's Edition is one of the poorest neighborhoods in the in, in city of Madison. Um, there's things that can be done more effectively, um, working to create more efficiencies in um, cooperation between unions, uh, 
private, sec um, private sector, business employers, government, and nonprofits on job on creating job opportunities and structures to, to make those happen. Um, and, I th and some of those are actually quite inexpensive, so I think under the budget we can, um, we can deal with that. I'm proud to say that um, I received the endorsement of the South Central Federation of Labor, and one of the things I've spoke with labor people about is creating those opportunities through apprenticeships and other programs. Um, beyond that, you know, returning to the budget, we, we're really going to have to make sure that uh, our priorities are funded. Our priorities include basic services, but basic services mean different things to different people. It's from garbage collection to, um, to uh, housing programs to um, efficient policing. And uh, we're going to have to be very careful with our investments. I think in the last few years we've seen our capital budget explode and our debt, and our debt service payments um, grow. And we're not going to be able to do that anymore. Um, I guess the last thing is I was just talking with an alder on, uh, today, and they're talking about there's a possibility that the governor's budget bill will include referenda, a uh, possibility of referenda to go over the, 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 the uh, caps on local property taxes that are, that are going to be proposed. I have experience. I, you know, I've been, I was co-chair of, of, of um, Community and Schools Together through two referenda campaigns where we received um, over close to 70% of the vote. And I will, will say that Sue um, helped with one of those, and, and the help was appreciated. Um, you know, uh, the city, of course, the uh, uh, council has a lot of committees, and I'm sure, as you know, uh, every now and then it's discussed as maybe there are too many committees. Uh, and I guess, again, that's a matter of opinion, too. But uh, uh, what committees uh, would you want to serve on? Uh, and I guess, Mr. Merch, you get to be first. Um, there's some things from my experience. Most of my advocacy has been public education, so I'd certainly want to serve on the City Council um, Board of Education Liaison Committee. Um, I think that I'd also like to serve on the, um, on the Early Childhood Committee, um, the, uh, the, the Library Committee, because I think there's more things that can be done along those lines. Um, long term, I think that ev everyone would, um, would, would uh, <laughs> every alder has a desire to serve on the Board of Estimates. I don't think a freshman alder should, should serve on that, but that's one of the most important committees that exists. Mm -hmm. And so what I'd like to do is, um, in, in the early times, is, is uh, learn more about that process mm -hmm. and, and serve on it. And finally, public transportation is something that's very, very important to me. So the Transportation and Parking Commission. Um, I've participated in as an advocate in the last bus fare increase fight and before that the last um, reroute, the, the major rerouting of, of routes and um, there were some good things that came out of the first, um, <laughs> the second was very difficult and, and uh, so that's, that's, you know, out of the big name committees, the big powerful committees, that's probably the one that I would most like to serve Okay, on. and Ms. Ellingson, which committees interest you? <coughs> Well, I have a long-term interest in the environment, and I think the Committee on the Environment or possibly the Dane County Lakes and Watershed Commission, I'm not sure how much that uh, interface there is between those two. Uh, uh, we've made good progress on uh, clean lakes, and we need to continue to make more progress on that. Um, I know that's not really the priority right now. Uh, I actually have some interest in being on the Police and Fire Commission, in part because uh, it's where we spend most of our money, almost all our money. And uh, sound policing is an important issue in, in my district. Uh, there are many development issues in my district, and uh, I don't know. I don't know if I can handle the Police and mm -hmm. Fire Commission and the Plan mm -hmm. Commission. So I, I'm uh, still thinking about that and of course uh, like TJ I too would like to be on the board of estimates but mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I suppose that won't happen <laughs> yeah 
One of the things I think is always difficult in governing it, whatever, is that there are many things that happen outside of the control of the government uh, that have a tremendous impact. And I'm thinking now of what we're seeing in terms of the rising gas the cost of gas. And you mentioned before about transportation being a very critical issue. And uh, as you also both mentioned, there are um, a number of low-income people who live in your particular area and so may be more dependent on uh, public transportation. And so I'm just curious if you have any brilliant ideas, or maybe not so brilliant, uh, ideas as to how you might address that. I mean, uh, it's possible the city might need to increase the fares again, you know, because of cost of fuel. Um, and maybe, uh, Ms. Ellenson, you'd like to comment? Well, this is not my area of expertise. Um, I, uh, you know, in, in, in having conversations with people about poverty, transportation is absolutely critical to helping people get out of poverty. Uh, uh, one woman said, well, they, you know, a lot of the opening Entry-level jobs might be second-shift jobs, but the buses stop running at 11 o'clock. Uh, so it's a problem we, we do need to address, and uh, I, I do support uh, certainly, um, I don't want to say low-income fares, but uh, another, there's, a, there's apparently a, um, an actual fair schedule for people who are low income. It's not just, uh, you know, occasional free bus service, but we should certainly encourage that and subsidize it. And we need to address, figure out good solutions for uh, how low income people can, can make it to work, even if it's outside of the regular, uh, regularly scheduled time. And I, I, I don't have good answers to that right mm -hmm. now. And Mr. Mertz? Um, first off, uh, I, I'd be strongly opposed to any further increases in the bus fares. Um, I, I, I've worked in and advocated and organized around the last increase in the bus fares, um, working with uh, Madison area bus advocates and other and, and other groups. So <laughs> make that very straight. Um, and and I think that. Um, one of the things is that we have to look at our total transportation budget. We have to look at our, our planning and zoning, and are we encouraging sprawl? Are we making it more difficult for people to use pu public transportation? Um, the secret to growing public transportation is not is is to provide efficient um, service for all people to make it attractive for people who now use their cars. Um, and our road spending budgets have been have been um, beyond what they should be, in my opinion. And we need to also look at our zoning in terms of parking requirements for building new buildings. Um, if you know, my feeling on parking lots is if you build it, they will come. Um, and if, but if you provide efficient public transportation, they will also come. And so I think that those, that those will help. Um, Madison's been doing some good things on hybrid buses, um, which will certainly cut into fuel, into fuel costs. Uh, Beyond that, um, I think that there is some, you know, some rerouting and other things. And obviously, um, you know, kind of looming in the background of this discussion is the RTA, which would diversify the funding base, the revenue base for public transportation. And we all have our fingers crossed that the RTA will, will survive this, uh, this um, state government. And things don't look good for that. But I've been a strong supporter of the RTA. And, um, and, and there's a lot of things I really like about the current plan that's out there. Uh, you know, I, th I think it's... Um, I think there's seven bus routes that are being uh, that are being 
enhanced um, under the current plan, and three of them serve our district, which is a really good thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. it, it shows how central our district is and how important our district is. Yeah. You know, there's also been mm -hmm. quite a bit of concern in the last year or so about uh, the Madison water <laughs> supply. And uh, some people seem to think that it has some serious problems, and other people seem to think it doesn't have. But I'm just curious what your uh, opinions are about it, and uh, if there's a problem, uh, what should be done about it? And I'm going to change and let Ms. Uh, Ellingson take this question first, just to give a little break. <laughs> um, well, we're, re we're really lucky in this part of the world to have a lot of water. Uh, and we certainly need to take care of it, and we haven't been the best stewards of our water. Um, uh, uh, agricultural runoff contributes to contaminating the groundwater, and of course, uh, uh, manufacturing processes can contaminate the groundwater. Uh, I have talked to people about the, uh, the chromium problem, and it is below the current standards. Um, I think that it's, I think it's okay. Uh, they are going to continue testing and uh, reassess as time goes on. Um, I think that in order to maintain clean water and, and good water, we, we need to address some watershed protection issues, frankly. Uh, we need to put less salt on the streets, which public transportation would help address. Um, we need to make sure that water doesn't run off of our landscape into the lakes, which then gets into the groundwater and comes back up in, in our drinking water. Um, more uh, rough areas, more native landscaping helps water soak through the ground, and it's the process of <coughs> soaking through the ground that does a lot of uh, work to clean it. So I, I have a faith in, in the process as it's going on now. Of course, we have to be careful and, uh, and uh, make sure that it's done right and we need to keep an eye on it. Uh, I, I think it's going all right so far and I would, uh, you know, just uh, keep it in mind. Okay. And Mr. Marks? Um, I have to agree that it's not a, at a point where there's a need for panic, but I do think there's a need for, um, to, to, to be, um, as Sue said, on top of it. But beyond that, that, that people everywhere there's there's certain you know basic municipal services such as water and when concerns arise um, it's public the public officials be they elected or, or, or appointed or, 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 or professionals um, need to respond to the concerns of the people and and though the, though the scientific research on this uh, you know as it as, as sue said it's below the um, it's below the kick-in level but um, scientific research is it, it changes over time and you know, I, I think that we have to guarantee the safety, not ju not not just at at the at the um, you know this is below the, the minimum, but um, we should hope to go beyond that. Uh, in general, on the waters, the lakes are lakes continue to be an issue, and um, there are things that I think the city can do to be more proactive, um, particularly in the, in terms of enforcement of, of construction runoff, where the enforcement has not been what it should be, um, and this also contributes. Um, to problems with our lakes that aren't directly drinking water um, related, but, but are indirectly. Mm -hmm. You know, we've covered uh, several issues, and I'm wondering if there is another issue that uh, either of you uh, want to address that we haven't covered, and, uh, and maybe uh, Ms. Ellingson, you would go first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right, another issue. Um, well, let's see. Um, I guess I would talk about poverty. I have spent a lot of time uh, researching what the problems are with poverty. Uh, I think that poverty is important because it affects everything we do. Uh, you know, the schools. This is, I think, our main intersection with the schools. If we can uh, reduce or eliminate poverty, uh, our schools will be fine. I mean, except for getting funds cut, horribly mm -hmm. cut, but whatever. Uh, so, so poverty, I think, has a, a few issues uh, that we need to address. One is that it's pretty closely tied to racism. And uh, that's an uncomfortable subject for us in Madison. We don't like it. I mean, it's good that we don't like it, but we need to not only not like it, but somehow get past it. So uh, I think that we need to be, um, have a carrot approach, which uh, uh, the YWCA has tapes called Conversations on Race, which I think might help. I mean, I think they've been going on a long time. Sort of, I've heard people talk about them over many years, and maybe we need to start promoting that again, mm -hmm. uh, a positive approach to getting people thinking about it. And then the, the stick is the Equal Opportunity Commission and, uh, and the, the Civil Rights Department, uh, you know, and really enforcing the rules as far as uh, lack of, you know, uh, as far as not using race uh, uh, in, yeah, services and jobs. <coughs> um, other issues include, um, that, that contribute to poverty include uh, mental health. I mean, uh, the woman I talked to said 65% of the women that they serve are depressed, and I guess who wouldn't be? Um, lack of, a lack of um, general education or GED or high school education, we need to make sure that happens. Lack of transportation, as I talked about before. Uh, lack of childcare at off hours, those second shift jobs. And of course, housing is, is forever a problem. And Mr. Mertz, what other issues? Eh? Um, you know, the issues who listed are all very important, and as I said earlier, that, that, that poverty is one of the focuses and particularly providing opportunities for people to lift themselves out of poverty and creating um, better cooperation among the private sector, the public sector, and nonprofits to do that. Um, but I'd like to kind of go in a different direction and talk about something that I've worked on um, extensively at the state and local level, which is bringing more people into the process and bringing people into the process to create responsive um, government. I think that you know we need the cre in, in these difficult times we need the creativity, the talents of everyone, and and, and not just those who are already involved, um, but we need to really reach out and we need to make people welcome. Um, I think that you know one of the things that we've that I've observed over with city government, um, as I said before, kind of uh, resonates with what's going on in the state right now, is that um, we have these endless hearings where people just talk and talk and talk and feel they're not listened to. And um, that's one of the, my main motivations for running because I've been one of those people talking and talking and talking and felt excluded from the process. So I think that bringing more people in the into the process, you know, everything from sidewalk repair, which is which is um, uh, you know a, a big concern in my neighborhood at the moment, is it, and and the process appears mysterious to people. Mm -hmm. um, to major developments, to programs to lift people out of poverty, to transportation, that um, we need to have both structures and processes that, that, that allow for meaningful public input, but we also need to have a culture that welcomes that and listens to people. Um, 
you know, we can see this around, obviously, around the Edgewater, where, where, where not only neighborhood groups but individuals felt very excluded. Um, we can see that, you know, around the bus fare increases and over and over again. So um, it's not an issue per se, but it is an approach that is very important to me. Okay. Well, uh, we've covered a lot of issues, that's for sure. And uh, so we sort of come to the time when we need to sum up. And uh, if you take a minute or so to uh, sum up uh, whatever you want to tell the voters and uh, why they should vote for you on April 5th. And uh, Ms. Ellingson, would you go first, please? Yeah. Um, I, I want to say again thank you to uh, you and to the Madison City Channel for hosting us today. Uh, I have worked very hard to reach out to voters. Um, they responded by uh, uh, giving me 67% uh, of the vote in the primary. I will continue to work hard to be committed, committed to reaching out to the people in our district and making sure that they are heard and, uh, and they're in their city government. And I, I hope that you will vote for me on April 5th. Thank okay, you so much. and Mr. Mertz. Okay, I, I also want to thank the um, League of Women Voters and City Channel for this opportunity. Um, you know, kind of building on what I was just talking about, that I think that um, both the City Channel and League of Women Voters have done great things to educate the public and bring them into the political process. Um, I think people should vote for me because I'll be very, um, I'll be effective in, uh, in in very difficult times. Effective in bringing together state people statewide. I have experience doing that to advocate for the things that matter most to Madison and our communities. Um, I'll be effective locally to protect what we what is important to the people of District 13 and the people of Madison. Um, I bring experience as an organizer. I bring experience as someone who's analyzed budgets and advocated uh, effectively in the past, and and believe I will do so in the future. So thank you again. Okay, and thanks to both of you. Uh, and I want to remind the viewers that Election Day is Tuesday, April 5th. And one of the lessons I hope we've learned in recent days is that elections do have consequences. And so it is important that you go and vote. And still, we have, through this election, uh, the right to register at the polls. And I would urge you, if you have never voted before, that you go and vote and you can register on the very day you vote. You need to take a couple of pieces of identification with you, but please do that. Uh, if you have any other questions about voting, you can call our office at 232-9447 and we will be as helpful as we can. Again, thank you for watching and we will see you at the polls.